Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. In this episode, we explore the spiritual dimensions of type three. It's really only in the place of not doing that I can begin, at least for me, to connect with my true inner self. Welcome to this episode of Heart of the Enneagram, where we explore the spiritual growth of type three. To help us do this, we are pleased to welcome Jerry Fatauer as our guest. We invite our listeners uh, now, if you will, to open all three centers of intelligence, uh, your body, your heart, your head, for greater capacity to take in the information and the Enneagram's complexities. So. Let's listen in to the conversation with a grounded presence, an open heart, and a curious mind as we invite the little inner three in each of us forward. So let's take a deep breath as we settle in to learn more about this type. The virtue of this type is holy honesty. The enlightened spiritual perspective is holy hope. Often our culture can seem removed from its heart, from emotional life. And when our culture is like this, it creates an overlay on all of us that encourages us to live in ways that distance ourselves from our feelings. Busyness, a hurried pace, efficiency, a time is for producing illusion, all serve to bring our attention up and forward, away from our inner terrain. Making time and space for feelings is a foreign notion to many of us, especially for threes who have high energy and a can-do spirit. They are realistic optimists. They are self-motivated, dedicated to task completion. And threes, coming from the heart triad, connect and engage easily with others. However, the discernment lies in the question is this connection with others performed or is it genuine? Am I in a role or offering my authenticity? In this pause and discernment, the shift from the vice of deception to the virtue of holy honesty is possible. Is this the real me showing up? The journey to the divine heart for threes is in understanding the relationship between love and being. Because threes form their identity through their activities and performance. I do, therefore I'm loved, is the internal belief here. If the doing ceases, love isn't forthcoming. Therefore, non-doing can bring anxiety to the surface for threes. So they keep a fast pace, suppress feelings, and keep producing. As threes deepen self-awareness, they begin to create space for their own feelings, which allows them to be more available to self and others. 
more connected intimately with their own experience of life. And of course, feelings arise naturally when we take the time to invite them. Threes come to understand that their being is impressive enough. So holy hope comes at this dawn of acceptance. The enlightened spiritual perspective of hope allows threes to see that the doing isn't all up to them. We're in this together, getting things done, weaving both our being and our doing in full authenticity. To help us get to the heart of this type three, we're pleased to have Jerry Fadauer as our guest. Jerry is retired as the Arts and Cultural Director for the City of Mesa, Arizona after 30 years in arts management. She is an aura intuitive who accesses the body's wisdom to release energetic blockages and provide insights to help people attain greater well-being with energy, awareness, healing. A past president of the Enneagram Association of the Narrative Tradition, Jerry currently serves on the board of Enneagram Studies in the Narrative Tradition. She was a founding director of the Arizona Enneagram Association and was a columnist for the Enneagram and Business Newsletter in 2012. Jerry has a master's degree in arts administration from Indiana University and a bachelor's degree in music performance from DePaul University. A student of yoga and Qigong, Jerry resides in Cleveland, Ohio, where she enjoys hobbies in piano and dance. And Jerry and I uh, have had the privilege of sharing, um, sharing together on the board of the Enneagram Studies in the Narrative Tradition. That's so right. Wonderful to have you with us, Jerry. Thank you, Chris. So I want to begin by um, reading these words from the Tao Te Ching. The master leads by emptying people's minds and filling their cores, by weakening their ambition and toughening their resolve. The master helps people lose everything they know, everything they desire and creates confusion in those who think that they know. Practice not doing, and everything will fall into place. So Jerry, what in that, those words resonate with you as you, um, as you live in, this, in your type three uh, patterns? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot in there. Um, emptying my mind. And I think for me, of course, the not doing. Because um, it's really only in the place of not doing that I can begin, at least for me, to connect with my true inner self. So so that part is essential. What's also true, it's so true for me in this quote, is that um, there, there is confusion um, around my thinking that I know and then knowing that I don't. For, for me as a type three, I think I automatically know, this is all unconscious, but I think I automatically know what other people expect of me and then I automatically create an image or a doing or a, I'm the up and out, I think as Sandra uh, described it a few minutes ago, it's all automatic, I'm out there. So for me, I have to accept that I don't know that I can't possibly know and all I can 
be is who I am in that moment, be present to myself, to be present to others. So there is a lot Hmm. in this quote. Um, I'll be hanging on to this quote for a long time. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So in the knowing and the not knowing, oftentimes people who lead with this uh, pattern might look to the other to see how to be or what to do, as you just named. Mm -hmm. How do you sense this altering of self? How do you know? Do you you have any clue about when this is taking place? Is that a fair question? It's a good question. Thanks, Sandra. Um, For me, over the years, I've learned that actually my knees get tight. (laughs) Whether I'm standing or sitting, especially if I'm standing, and it's the first cue for me that uh, okay, I'm, there's a contraction. So sometimes it then is followed by, or maybe it starts in my belly, but I notice it first in my legs and my knees. And and so it's like a tamping down. I'm literally holding myself tightly. So this takes energy. And, and there's a, that false presentation comes out of that. And so that has helped me. It took me a long time to recognize that as, as this cue, I'm calling it. And, and that then helps me to be a choice okay do I want to stay in this contracted place where I know I'm going to start spinning or presenting I call it both or can I just pause for a moment you just heard me take a breath Mm -hmm. and and bring my energy in and down I have to keep coming inside because I do tend to want to be out there and taking a breath is so important for all of us but we understand from all the panels of threes we've done that threes often hold breath in the chest and may not exhale. So Mm -hmm. you hold breath for the sake of performance. So great that, you know, in the breathing, you become less Mm -hmm. contracted, yeah. Yes, yeah, and for me, it's the breathing all the way down into the belly. Mm -hmm. You hear how my voice changes. I can tell when I'm there, Mm -hmm. not only because there's not a contraction, but my my voice quality actually is different. Mm. I feel that just in as you've as you experience that, Jerry, and mm. name that I I feel that in my own self. I my own mm-hmm. breath shifted, and I felt so. Thank you. Mm. You're welcome, and I hear it in your voice, Chris, mm. as you say that. Yeah. The virtue, Jerry, of holy honesty. Can you talk with us about what that means to you? We're playing at the edges of it right now as we work with a more expanded body and lessening the role part of type three. Um, But is there anything else that you would flesh out about holy honesty or what circumstances allow this virtue to arise? It helps when I'm in the presence of others who I feel safe around them, let's say. Mm. I don't feel like I need to be on, or especially in those who can see it when I'm on or presenting. Um, I think that for me, it's I can tell the difference because um, so, so the veracity is really coming from something that arises in the moment that I know to be true for me. And I almost don't know it's arising until it does. So 
Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how to make a distinction because the automatic unconscious presentation also comes up before I know it. Yeah. In, in the veracity, though, it's more like a, I think it's slower to show itself, to present itself. It's an allowing. Mm. And um, I'm sometimes surprised or moved by what comes out of that um, veracity and um, how that is for the other or others in the room. It's, it's a very different quality versus my being out there, and, and, and I'm not sure I'm answering the question very well. Clearly, it's not easy for me to get there. Mm. And, mm. and because the, the, the passion or vice is, in fact, self-deceit or deception, um, knowing that difference <laughs> is, is really the... Where the rubber meets the road for me as a three, it's not easy, and it mostly is, um, I, I guess, quality of voice, just how I, I experiencing my how I experience myself in that moment with another person or person. And when you're there, you're truly the teacher in in honesty. Uh, and uh, thank you. Okay. Truly, um, it's your as as I'm calling it the narrow gate. The virtue is the narrow gate. So when you go through uh, that, you really have it. Um, through and through. And of course, in your particular work, Jerry, as an aura intuitive, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of presence and honesty is, is quite crucial, foundational to what you do. Well, it's essential, or I could not do that work. And so um, I think that, well, I don't think for me, and this has been cultivated over years, um, I, I, I know truth when I... Um, I actually call upon God, a presence greater than myself. We could call it God, creator, or intelligence in the aura intuitive work, and that's what I know is true. And so in myself, when I'm not sure, mm. you know, is it real? Is it Memorex, the old commercial? Is it um, what is what is true or what isn't um, when I really can't tell? And this may be in moments when I'm alone. I really ground and relax into, and I can, truth for me is a strength and a smoothness in my field. Mm. Now, that's not Mm. something a lot of people maybe can um, access immediately or understand. It can be cultivated, and I rely on that Mm. more than anything else, Mm. that truth, that, that, and and that is veracity then for me. That's lovely. Um, You mentioned, Jerry, that, um, God, higher power, intelligence. What are there? Are there images for you that are healing or um, opening images of the divine that you found the for yourself? Yes, and and I, I truly don't know if this is because I'm a heart type. I suspect it may be. For me, the image and that um, where I can immediately feel like I am connected to the divine is a beam of pure white light through my heart center. Mm. And it comes out in front of me and goes out behind me. And when I really relax into that, I see that beam reaching across the planet, if you will, connecting being to being to being. And that is just, um, yeah, that, that is a wonderful space for me, and to me, that is how um, I experience my own connection to the divine. Mm. If that was your question, <laughs> at least that's how I experience mm. it. 
Thank you. I, I have to tell you, I um, I'm this. You can't see me, but I have this big smile on my face, and and uh. and um, it's touching my own heart. Um, it for it's a longer story than this moment to tell, but for me, that image of the the light coming from my heart and into the world has been a really powerful one for me and a mm. deeply healing one. So I'm uh, I'm just I'm grateful for you sharing that and and feel very full. Um, so mm. thank you. Thank you for you sharing that with me too, Chris. Thank you. Jerry, do you have particular spiritual practices that you would name that help you cultivate this kind of presence and uh, openness? You know, I do. Um, groundedness is always really important for me because of my type structure, tending to want to be up and out there connecting with something or someone or spinning. So so first of all, grounding, and then sometimes it might be the, the, the beam of your pure light that I just described. Mm-hmm. Other times, like this morning, where the uh, nature was so glorious, mm. <laughs> um, just sitting, you know, just a soft rain. Lived in Arizona for 35 years, so I love rain, and I'm back in the Midwest, and there was just a gentle rain, and the trees are just glorious with st- some green, golds, yellows, reds, and there's a, um, there's a way that I, when I come inside, I can imagine, actually it happens pretty quickly, the physical boundary um, dissolving. Mm. And I think nature helps me with that more than anything else and dissolving so that um, dissolving into the rain and the leaves and just being with that. And for me, that's, um, that's a spiritual practice and a meditation without you know sitting and sitting and formally meditating as some may think of meditation another well two practices as chris read in the introduction i've done yoga for 25 years when i'm i'm totally present to myself the yoga asanas are themselves mudras that um, help me get into a more meditative or connected space um and then the Qigong, which I've been practicing probably for three years now. And it's a, an ancient Chinese art form where um, one needs to be present to oneself to be with the Qigong to really allow the Qi to flow. Mm. So those are both important. Yoga is every day. Qigong is not every day, but almost every day when I have the time. And those are all practices that I really rely on um, for my connection because it's easy as a three to lose that connection Mm, so and certainly the natural world or nature requires no roles of us so that's uh yes it's a relief it's a relief (laughs) it is (laughs) we can relax in that right yeah absolutely yeah um jerry what would you say is as you understand it right now um what is an invitation for you to grow spiritually uh, at this point in your life? I just heard da- Dr. David Daniel's words, Chris, as you asked mm. me, enlightenment on the hoof. I <laughs> love when he would say that. That's <laughs> I, That's, a, that's a, a tall order for this person anyway, for me. <laughs> um, 
I, I guess uh, is to uh, the practice, if I understand your question, is to continuously be more present to myself with some of the means that I just described and um, to be more um, consistently in that that space where I am present to myself. You know, I find, for me, I find that the type runs me such that I even create an illusion of how the house is or how the, you know, whatever it is that it's part of my whole construct that that helps me get through life in a day and get as much done as I can. <laughs> so my spiritual practice for me is to keep coming back to myself with a capital S and let the house be what the house is or nature be what nature. And that's why nature is the easiest for me because nature just is or whatever it is, it's the person across from me, let him or her be who he, she is. And I, and for me, I have to keep coming inside. Uh, Mm. And that's my, and, and I just over and over and over and over again, that's my learning. Um, uh, And, and I think that's why I enjoy the work that I do because I can't not be totally present and held by something greater than myself when I am, uh, in that kind of work with another being, so. Mm. And in that yeah. work, it, you participate in the allowing. Absolutely, thank and, you, Sandra. Um, it has. Yeah. It can only be the allowing and the arising. Mm-hmm. It can only be in that moment what what is for that individual and what um, God is calling for for that person's well-being in that moment. And so it has to be on the allowing, yeah. And I just had a one more notion bubble up, if I may, Jerry. Um, love. Receiving you as lovable. I know it's a it's a big process for all of us and if you have a pattern, a type style that says I'm love for what I do. And here you are getting present and allowing. And do you feel like you've received and understand yourself as as lovable now? I know it's always a journey, but what's that like at this point in your life? It is always a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, that that anxiety that I think you mentioned, Sandra, in the opening. Um, I'm aware my partner is a type nine, and so moves at a very different pace from me, unless he's gone to three and I've gone to nine. But at any rate, um, I, I I experience anxiety sometimes when I'm really getting things done in the day, mostly retired at home, and he comes home for work. And he's ready to relax, and I'm still charging inside, even at mm-hmm. 90 miles an hour, inside in the in the, in the ego fixation way, sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me to that's when um, knowing that I'm lovable for who lovable for who I am is most difficult. In those moments, that's just an example of when the anxiety might come up. Um, I think the good news for me is I'm telling myself as you're asking me this question is that sometimes if I cannot sleep. I will say I am love and just say that to myself and feel that in my heart and everything shifts and I'm able to go right back to sleep. 
So I know that on a deep level, my being knows who I am. Mm. And that didn't come overnight either. <laughs> um, it's been years of working with all of this, the mm. Enneagram material and the practices I spoke of. But um, that I, I do know on an essential, um, in an essential way that I am love. And nonetheless, it's easy to forget that. Um, as type starts running me when there are all these things that I think I need to get done because I think I'm separate from right. <laughs> the universe. Right. <laughs> Love is essential for, for me remembering who I am in truth. Mm-hmm. And it, we are all love. I really know that in my heart. And loved. And loved. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting. Just, There's a slight yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> to say that, Sandra. So that's my spiritual growth opportunity, at least one of them. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, Jerry, um, thank you for uh, uh, being with us today and sharing some of your stories and experiences as a way to uh, invite us into uh, the Type 3 in terms of understanding, but also to learning and growing in the type three that we all have inside of us so thank you you're welcome thank you for the opportunity absolutely so i want to offer a a prayer to close and uh, invite all of us who are listening to uh, just enter into a, uh, a space to receive this divine love thank you for creating me in your image and blessing me with a drive and energy Help me to recognize that achievement isn't everything and that gifts can come from failure. Show me how to go beneath the surface images I love to create to the even more beautiful, sacred, loved self within. Amen. With heartfelt gratitude for this time, I'm Sandra. And I'm Chris. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth, and in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.